All right. Hello, hello. Welcome to Happy Productive, episode number 34. I'm Jennifer Dawn, a business coach and founder of Best Planner Ever. The Happy Productive podcast is your go-to resource for learning how to bring awareness into your productivity and goals and time management practices so you can set yourself up each and every day for as much love, happiness, laughter, joy as you can possibly handle. Now, I'm super excited today because we are going to be talking with Mr. Anthony Paponi. Now, when, when I found out about Anthony and I went to his website and I saw that he works with groups and individuals who want to have happier, more fulfilling lives, and he does this with a lot of laughter, of course, I was instantly intrigued. Anthony is also a keynote speaker, a workshop host, and so I'm super happy to have him joining, joining us on the podcast today. Welcome, Anthony. Hi, thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, um, when I went to your website, it was so cute because um, I believe you're in Canada, right? Uh, well, no, I'm in the U.S., but uh, I made an about page for uh, Canadian <laughs> visitors called a boot <laughs> just to have a little fun with it. That's what it was. I was like, for Canadian visitors, visit my about page, and I thought that was so cute. I have a lot of Canadian clients, and so I, I got a, I got a kick out of that. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks. It's basically. Bob and Doug McKenzie. So uh, if you remember those characters from Saturday Night Live years ago, so it's definitely a fictional uh, about page for Canadian users. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I love it. Well, look, so we're a productivity podcast. So of course, the first yeah. thing that I have to do is ask you to share like one of your favorite productivity tips, like something that has helped you change the way that you work in today's, you know, busy, crazy world. Yeah, the, you know, I think in an ideal world, we would all have time to carve out two hours for here with no distractions and an hour here to do something re really big we need to work on. And, you know, that's pretty hard sometimes in some days. And it's sometimes it even feels like it's hard to get going. So the little tip that I use for myself is just a, a, I set timers for a lot of things. And uh, one of those is sometimes when there's a bigger task that I know is going to take hours of my time that. And I know I don't have hours and so I kind of like, oh, I'll put it off, put it off. Well, I just start. And so sometimes I just set a 15 minute uh, timer on my phone and just say, just do it for 15 minutes. Turn off your do not disturb. The world is not going to burn down in 15 minutes if you don't pick up your phone or check your email. And typically what I find there is, you know, A, I start on a project that feels good and productivity begets more productivity. And also after the timer goes off in 15 minutes, I've usually hit flow state at that point. I'm usually engaged in what I'm doing and I don't want to stop. So I just kind of keep cranking. I may turn my do not disturb off so that people can get a hold of me again, but at least I've gotten something going. And um, you know, that whole, the, the, that productivity begins productivity is kind of my focus there. Oh, I love this tip, Anthony. It's so good. We were just on a coaching call Friday and one of my clients, um, they were not getting to a cash flow exercise that they really needed to work on because we've been working on profitability in their company. And that's what it really came down to was they just kept waiting to try to find, you know, a three or four hour block of time where they could sit down and work on it. But of course it wasn't happening. When you're a busy entrepreneur, you generally don't have a block of three or four hours ever <laughs> that you can sit and work on something, even though ideally that would be lovely. Um, and that's really what got them over it was just like, look, set the clock and just work on it some, get some forward momentum um, and I got the email this morning, it's uh, Monday today, and I got the email and she's like, 
we did it, we did it. You know, we sat down and we just worked on it a little bit. So I love that you're sharing that because it's so valid. You know, it's so easy for us to say, to look for that ideal block of time, which never happens. And then we don't end up moving forward at all. Yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, three or four hour block window, you're probably doing something wrong anyway. <laughs> if you have that much time, right? I mean, something there may maybe invite a little more chaos into your life then. Yeah, I agree. We have a motto in my company. We always bite off more than we can chew. And indefinitely, not that we're trying to not do things well, but we're always pushing that envelope. And, um, you know, even my team goes, Jennifer, we need time on your schedule, but they have a hard time finding it just, just because. So that's a good point, Anthony. If you have three and four hour blocks of time on your schedule, you probably need to push yourself just a little bit harder. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the work that you do with groups and individuals. I know you're a keynote speaker. Um, I just love to hear a little bit more about the work that you do when you, when you work with people. Yeah. The, uh, it, really relevant that your podcast is called happy productive. And, you know, I think if we talk to a CEO about making their workplace happier, uh, I don't know that most CEOs really resonate with that, right? They're probably focused on a different metric. And so there's a flipping of the script there and the science and uh, positive psychology has done a really good job of showing that not only, I think we all understand that there's a relationship between happiness and success. And I think a lot of us would probably put the ordering as uh, successful people are happier people or when I'm successful, I will be happy. And it's truly uh, been proven, causality is proven the other way around that happier people are more successful people. So having that conversation with individuals or groups, workplaces, it's all about just like, let's make your people happy. And happy is complex and we can unpack that if you'd like, but recognizing that the happier your, your people are, uh, this more successful they're going to be. So we start there with focusing on bringing really vibrantly um, focused, happy, um, fully vetted people that get themselves, you know, that can bring that to their workplace. Mm, that's so fantastic. You're talking my language. This is one of the things like in our Goal Achievers membership, we talk about where it's about committing to happiness now, not yep. when you achieve your goals, not that goals are important. They, they certainly are. And therefore our evolution and our growth. And so we always want to have goals, but you've got to commit to that happy now. So you're so, you're so talking my language. And when you commit to happy now, it does come before the success. It really does. And for years, I put them in the wrong order. I kept thinking, well, when I get here, then I'll be happy. When I'll get here, then I'll be happy. And it's just this search for happiness that you never really seem to find. Um, so I'm curious, like in your work, um, I'm going to ask you for a tip, like for people who are struggling to commit to, and to find their happiness, like right now in this moment to be content with where they're at today, not meaning that you don't go and try and, and try to, you know, do more in life, but for people who really struggle to commit to happiness in the now, what, what would you share with them? A, a good happiness tip. Well, I think you used a really good word in there. And sometimes a reframe on happiness is really important. And, and I think that the, the word that you used was content. And the human brain is programmed to, to, to want to chase the highs and to want to avoid those lows, right? But that is normal. That's the human experience. Because of our brain and our neurochemistry, our brain neurochemistry makes us feel bad when we're doing things perceived bad for our survival. Our brain's neurochemical responses uh, 
trigger neurochemical responses that make us feel good when we do things that are perceived to be good for our survival. And we have to recognize that neither of those are meant to last long-term. Those are messages from our brain to get us to take action. So in between those moments of the highs and the lows, there's this, it's not empty, it's content. And that content should be framed as happiness. So I would say, hey, that's part of that is a really big reframe on like, if you're chasing those moments of joy and elation all the time, or you're waiting for the big things to really make you happy, that's probably, uh, you're on a treadmill that you're not gonna get off of. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that we should celebrate for sure. Like we should set goals, we should go after goals, we should try to achieve goals. The context for goals is really important and not getting lost on the shiny objects that we think will provide us happiness that the science just shows won't provide it for us. But to really spend time being more present with the small wins that are there and really celebrating those. Um, you know, the opportunities for happiness are all around us. And so if our big, you know, we're only going to be happy when we can celebrate achieving this major life goal, well, that could take you two years, that could take you a year, it could take you six months, when all around you are all these opportunities to do some celebrating of the little things that life is giving you. And, you know, when we get back to kind of the simple stuff, it, it's really there and it's really attainable and easy. It's, it's low-hanging fruit. Mm, I love that. Um, it reminds me of uh, like a gratitude practice, like a daily gratitude practice to kind of refocus yourself on those little things that you do already have in your life. They're such a miracle. Um, I, I, I love what you said, because really we have to shift our focus. What we what we focus on expands. What we focus on will, will lead us to the next action. And if we're focusing on, you know, everything that's broken, everything is bad, everything is wrong, every reason why I can't be happy, like that's what you're going to grow. That's what you're going to expand. Um, so I love that shifting of the focus to the little daily things so that you can really start to, you know, feel the gratitude. And for me, when I'm feeling grateful, like happy is just sort of natural. It just happens. And, and it's easy, our, our brains are not programmed to necessarily um, to focus on those little things. Mm-hmm. You know, our brain is a messaging system and the messages from our brain sometimes come from what I would call an AOL account where it's coming from a really old AOL operating system. <laughs> yeah. Our brains have this old programming that you know, they haven't changed a lot uh, in 200,000 years and yet the world's changed dramatically, right? So sometimes those messages come through from an AOL account and you're just like, I don't think you understand what's going on here in the current day. So that's part of it. Um, and I agree with you, like what, you know, what you choose to put your, your focus on is, is your choice. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's plenty of negativity in, in the world to see if you choose to want to see that all the time. And that is sort of the default for our brain is the, the negative things that could be happening around us are the things that truly could be the things that could kill us or affect our ability to survive. Mm-hmm. That it's a different now, right? Most of us don't have our lives threatened on a daily basis. Most of us have food, water, shelter, you know, those sort of things. So we're working from getting away from our physical needs of survival more towards, you know, Maslow's um, hierarchy of of self-actualization. Like we're trying to to put the best version of us out there in the world because we don't have to worry about starving tomorrow if we don't grow the food, you know, for most of us. Um, And I have a little gratitude exercise I'd love to share with you if you think it would be about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always um, loving gratitude exercises. Yeah, it's a a quick one. And I think it fits in with what you were saying of like these little, just paying attention to the little things going on around you. So I set my alarm every day on my phone to 1234, 1234 PM, you know, lunch hour. And I call this activity uh, one, two, three, four, five. So at 1234, 
every day. My phone triggers a little alarm and I just stop and I think of five things I'm grateful for. And that usually gets me to focus on food around that time because I'm eating a lot at the noon hour. And then the thought here is that just find the positive things, big or small. And the more you see those things, the more you see those things. And I know that's repetitive, but um, that's also supported by the science of positive psychology that says that you know, we have this ability to broaden and build uh, the positive things in our lives as we experience more of them. So we kind of start this really positive snowball effect by starting to have that uh, more recognition for things to be grateful for. Oh, Anthony, that is awesome. I love these like quick little tips like that. Um, in our in our in one of our member, in Goal Achievers membership, we have a power challenge coming up and our power challenge is all about diving into your power and doing things to really like expand it. And one of the, the elements of our power challenge is a daily gratitude practice. And so um, that's a perfect exercise to use for your daily gratitude. I love 1234, one, two, three, four. It's easy to remember. And when we're kind of in the middle of our busy day, resetting and focusing on gratitude. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. So let me ask you, so, you know, it's not to say that, you know, being happy is easy when you don't have anything like really bad going on in your life right now, but if you do have something going on that is really challenging or really struggling and it's and it's stealing your joy, I would love to hear from you. Like, was there a time in your life where you you struggled to like find your own happiness or maybe you had a limiting belief or something that was holding you back? And I'd love to hear, you know, what that was and how you overcame it and how you managed to tap back into your own happiness. Uh, yeah, I mean, self-limiting beliefs are huge, right? Um, a, I would say that three things came into my life at the same time, um, but they came into my life at the same time because I dropped some labels. Uh, the label that I had always really kind of put on myself or that other people had put on myself or kind of the box that I felt like I could work in in my career was nonprofit related and it was environmental. And slowly over time, I made some shifts away from that. And I moved from a specific role more, to more specific roles in nonprofits that use my, my strengths better. Mm -hmm. um, I moved away from one type of nonprofit environment into moving to, into Boys and Girls Club, which was one of the, the best things I've ever done with my life. It's an incredible mission. And, um, you know, and then I left nonprofits. And what happened around that same time is I experienced three things. Um, and, and they changed everything for me in the sense that I started experiencing wealth, right? I, I got away from making the nonprofit salaries out there, which are, we ask so much of people like teachers and other folks to do so much and we don't pay anything. And so we don't get the best people in those careers, nonprofits, I would lump in there as well. Uh, I had wealth, I had a wealth manager step into my life that kind of created this really fun path forward for me to say, you have a surplus of money now, let's do something fun with it. And let's do something that's liberating for you and something that's uh, changes your, your relationship with money. And then the third thing that I added in was a professional coach. And um, that person challenged my self-limiting beliefs in ways that I could not do it for myself or I wouldn't do it as easily or as quickly. And I think coaching is like a shortcut in so many ways to just living the life that you really want to live. Oh, that's so, so fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. There was a time in uh, my life where basically everything was just going to crap. I mean, everything was falling apart. And what I did in that time was I hired a coach. 
Um, she was an amazing life coach. We had calls where literally she would just listen to me like sob. I'm sure as the coach, she was like, oh, this client, oh my God, <laughs> what's wrong with her? Um, but she helped me so much process so much of, that, much of that emotion and process grief. I was changing my corporate career. I was going through a divorce. I mean, I was just going through all these things. And I think you're right on the money when you say hiring a coach can be a shortcut because I could have literally spent years of my life just trying to move through through that. And with the coach's help, I was able to really fast track it and just move through all that stuff so much faster and kind of get to where I wanted to be. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. Those are all great tips. Okay, so one more thing I want to ask you is, um, you know, life is fantastic and there's all kinds of things that happen to us in life. And so is there a, a particular lesson in life that you heard, you've learned? Could have been hard, could have been easy, but a particular lesson that you've learned that's really shaped your life that you'd like to share today? Um, yeah, I, I think we should challenge how we want to be of service. Um, I, I, I would say that Hey, let's just a broad stroke on this is science of positive psychology says that we find meaning in our lives by helping others find meaning in their own lives. So mm -hmm. you know, that means that you have to, you have to get you first. You have to put the wholest version of you out there in the world, the best version of you. You have to understand what that is and you have to spend some time on that. Um, and then I think that service doesn't have to be suffering. And so I don't mean service as in like, you know, just volunteering for, for an organization or, um, or the work that you do, but you know that you should be able to find joy in the work you do and finding joy in the work you do means you're going to want to do more of the work you do, not necessarily working more hours, but you wanna do it at the highest and best level. So how can you figure out what that looks like? You know, and the example I would give you is I've done a lot of volunteering in my time. I'm, um, I believe in volunteer service and I know it's really important in our community makeup and volunteer service has been declining over, over the last few decades now. And I was asked initially, like, I'm a goofball, right? And I like to be the center of attention and I don't like policies. I don't like planning. I am spontaneous and I appreciate that about myself. And I was asked to serve on the community foundations governance committee where we looked at policies and plans and bylaws and all those sort of things that I absolutely loathe. And uh, that was the wrong sort of service for me. I, I did my term, I filled that out. I didn't want to come back, I, I completed my term. And then I was given the opportunity to be the MC for that same organization. And, uh, and that's me being of service, right? Giving my time, preparing things, getting ready to be on stage. I, I love MCing, I love auctioneering. Do that with, um, with great comfort. It's something that not all people can do and not all people should do. Even if you have a volunteer that can MC for you, be cautious. And, um, and so I was able to be of service to that same organization, but in a role that was really fulfilling for, for me and, and tapped into my special gifts. And so I, I think that just really spending that time to just say, yes, I want to help, but is this the right way for me to help? And you can apply that to your community, to your volunteer service or to the work that you do. Oh, that's such a valid point. And I'm so happy that you brought up service. It's funny because um, for many years um, in my businesses, um, I have, you know, you hear coaches and you hear people teaching about, you know, be of service, be of service. And it's not that I didn't want to help people. And in my business, of course, I was helping people, 
But in my earlier companies, my focus was really more around the money side of it. It really was. I mean, it was like, oh, I've got to like close this, this software deal so that I can pay my bills and make payroll and all of that. Later now in life, I've shifted that focus um, to serving my clients. Like I literally have something on my desk and it says, how can I make my clients dreams come true? And it's not that we still don't, you know, look at the numbers we do, but it's not what drives us. It's the service that drives us. And I think that any way that you serve and you show up is totally valid. But like in my business, we easily doubled our revenues when I, as the business owner, shifted my focus um, to serving and serving better and helping my clients' dreams come true. Our products got better. Our services got better. My coaching got better. All of those things just from shifting into a place of service. So I, I love that you brought that up. Your, your offer got better and the more powerful offer it can tie back in with money. And even if it doesn't, it's still a powerful offer and yeah. its purpose is being fulfilled, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I would love for you to share where people can find you if they want to check you out a little bit further. Yeah, thanks so much. It's uh, focusonthe40.com. That's focus, F-O-C-U-S, uh, on the, and then 40.com or uh, anthonypaponi.com. Wonderful. Anthony, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really, really appreciate it. I, I guess I don't really have to tell you to like go out and have a happy, productive day. I think you're on that. I don't want to live any other way. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Great last words. I don't want to live any other way. Fantastic. All right, guys, thank you so much. For anybody who wants more information, you know where to find Anthony and you can find us at bestplannerever.com or you can go and visit jennifergonecoaching.com. All right, that's it for today, you guys. Get out there and have a happy, productive day. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent and attainable steps. Visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On the website, you'll find free resources along with the links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the personal lives of so many of Jennifer's clients. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.